Hello and welcome to the Manic Film Club, the film review show where we say things like we started this film journey with a sci-fi action-packed film about robots in space and we've ended it with an equally action-packed film that's in black and white and has subtitles and the opening scenes involve a three-minute scene of a door. It was worth the takes. Liam <laughs> and, <laughs> and sitting Hello. opposite me yeah. there is Tobias. Hello. <laughs> I, do you know what, I gave up a little bit towards the end because I felt a little bit dead inside. <laughs> yeah, me too, and I was just listening to it. I'm... So viewers, uh, tell us what you thought of Liam's intro. <laughs> um, we only had a few takes of that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that one didn't have any swearing in, so we're <laughs> all thankful for that. <laughs> to be honest. So Tobias, yes. we watched a film. We did, shall I tell you what it was? Love you too. Roma. Oscar winner Alfonso Cuaron delivers a vivid emotional portrait of a domestic worker's journey set against domestic and political turmoil in 1970s Mexico. 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 Yeah, that's the thing that we did go and watch. I might we, go well, and we I did go. We had it in our available oh. homes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I will be open and honest and say I watched this with two different eyes. That sounds a bit weird, because I definitely do have two eyes. <laughs> I also watched this film with okay. two different eyes. <laughs> face eyes with minds. Okay, yeah, that's better. One, as an audience member, just someone who, well, wouldn't have gone to the cinema, because it wasn't released at the cinema. Uh, and the other, as someone who directs, writes, uh, I'm not a filmmaker, but I would like to be a filmmaker. Right. Those two different minds had different experiences. Yeah. Talking about the latter mind, actually really enjoyed it and actually kind of it was inspired to create something. Yeah. The first one was a little bored. Fair enough. That is, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it is very artsy filming in the way it's shot a lot of the time. As I said, the first like six and seven minutes are basically two shots. One of a door. We see someone cleaning a floor. Yeah. But it's the floor we're seeing. Actually, it's just water splashing over. Yeah, the floor. Uh, that lasted three minutes, 46 seconds. Now, for a film that is, I think, about two and a quarter hours, I was at that point going, this film could be shorter. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I already know this that. could be shorter. But I went, you know what? I'm sure. I'm sure not all the shots and scenes will be this long. And then it panned up. Onto our lead character Cleo, and I was like, "Okay, we, we've got some people." She then left the shot, went into a door, and we stayed outside the door for three more minutes. Now, I'm going. I'm going to take this review into more of a positive area because <laughs> <laughs> myself and Leah, we we don't discuss what we think of the films before we get on no, we, to the podcast. To that. So, I've got some positive things to say where I think maybe Liam. Has de- kind of. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We've we've undoubtedly read the same things about it because that tends to be what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you actually tend to read a bit more than me. Yeah, I've re- I've read a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, now, what I would say is just to just to paint the picture. Um, Alfonso Cuarón, who you may know, he's right. He's the director, but he's best known for Gravity. That was his like big blockbuster win. But yeah. also um, my personal favourite of the Harry Potter films, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. 
So he's he's made some big budget, well known films, uh, and one of his fellow directors kind of has really praised him and said, after Gravity, he could have made anything. He could have asked for any amount of money, had any big stars. Yeah. But what he's actually gone for is a very personal tale uh, of his own experiences. Yeah. Uh, basing a whole film essentially around a living maid that he grew up with, essentially. Yeah. It's not, it's not a direct thing. Cleo, the main character, isn't the maid, but based on that situation. Um, it, the film is dedicated to the real life maid. Yeah. Lebo. I think it's for Lebo. Yeah. That's, that's her name. Um, and obviously it's in the 70s in Mexico. It is black and white. It's uh, I would say it's a slice of life. Yeah, it is. Because I don't think it's not a big film with momentum, with a start, middle and end. It, it doesn't have. Well, as someone says, it's, it's it not a three act structure. No, it's a snapshot of life. Yeah. And if you accept it as that. Uh, which you had to very yeah yeah uh what i think some people will relate to it i can't say that i personally related to it it's very different to my own personal life um i think actually i think the decision to shoot it in black and white was a good one yeah um and as someone who does have an eye on cinematography there were some beautiful shots Oh yeah, and, it was a well shot uh, film. compelling shots, and I will talk about them when we get to available point two. Yeah, because uh, obviously we try. If you if you've listened to every one of our podcasts to do with the reviews, in the early days we used to spend too much time talking about the plot. You just kind of run through the plot and say what we liked and didn't like. Yeah, so you know we we have. I feel we've grown from that point, but it yeah. is. It's it's difficult sometimes to just kind of go, oh, by the way, this happens without any yes. context. Yeah, sometimes uh, it's just explanation for that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that I I could pick out about five scenes and shots and that stood out in the film. And I think about two of them will probably stick with me for a while. <laughs> yeah. But the others probably won't because once we've done this review. Yeah. The audience member mind will probably go, yeah. I never need to see this again. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know? Um, so, I mean, what do we, how much plot do we want to talk about? <laughs> I don't know, because as I said, it is over two hours, so there's a lot of it. Um, but you say there's a lot of it. At the same time, there isn't. No, no, there's a lot of film, but actually, as you said, it's not like there's a huge journey. It no. is actually quite, it's, I think it's only over. It's not a very long time span, is it, within the film? No, I don't think so. Um, essentially, the le- the length of a pregnancy. I yeah, guess. pretty pretty much kicky element there, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I will comment on what you said already. Now you said about the whole black and white. I yes. don't disagree with you. I think actually, yeah, the fact it was shot in black and white is quite a nice artsy decision. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that I always say to myself when I see a modern film that is in black and white. Why have they chosen to shoot it in black and white? What are the reasons? Is it just, is it like, right, are we just going for a solely artsy thing? Which is what this has done. Yeah. I think, if anything, this has gone for black and white, so it's stripped back. So there's no bells and whistles to really kind of distract you from the story, which is what it's trying to do. All of it is essentially memory. 
it's all set in the 70s yeah and yeah. It, it basically right is it cleo or cleo 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 is a live-in maid with a family now what you need to remember is like it's quite a big family you got the the mother the father and about four children is it honestly i i i say yes to four but there were times where i felt like they had like a th- like a thousand children <laughs> well one of the i think one well definitely uh, i think one it's of the boys. two girls two boys one of the boys you have to imagine is alfonso curon yeah right so because he is he has basically said that this film is 90 percent memory um, and to that end, he is reliving his own past. Yeah. So I guess from that point, make it black and white. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. As I said, it it was one of those things where I did ha- kind of ask myself, what would we have gained from this being in, in colour? And the only thing is, because it was shot in Mexico City, it would have been, there were some shots, I think, like the sunlight would have been quite nice to see the colouring of that, maybe. But generally, there was nothing flashy in this film that warranted having colour. No, so but I know I think it was a I think it was a, a good decision. Um, I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, Roma uh, is the name of a place in New Mexico, yeah, which is why it's called Roma. Uh, and they they did they 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 did have an issue when filming on location because uh, the director said basically they had a plane going overhead about every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why there are planes in shot. Because they uh, had to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, it makes sense actually, and it's something I noticed while watching it that it's almost quite prominent in the background. Yes, yeah. Uh, although he's used it, and I'm going to paraphrase the quote here because I don't have the quote in front of me. Uh, he said, "There's a particularly a, a long shot of I think it might be in the puddle actually. I can't remember what point it is, but there's an overview where it kind of focuses on a plane going overhead. Yeah, and that's that's done to symbolise that." There is more in the world going on than this. Yeah. More than these people will ever actually know. Because yeah, yeah. theirs is quite a that. small life, as it were. Um, now, I do think it should be noted, and I'm, I'm sure you must have seen this. The main actress, who I will just bring up her name, although I will probably be terrible at saying it. Uh, Yelitsa Aparicio. Would that be how you say it? Um, maybe a Parisio, maybe? Maybe. Uh, she's not an actor. This is her first film. Yeah. Uh, possibly only film, actually. Well, I, I mean, know. yeah, I mean, it's like that. Because she, uh, was actually just a trainee teacher waiting for her grades. And her friend suggested that they went and auditioned for this film that was being made. Uh, her friend then, for whatever reason, couldn't go. So she went. Right. Didn't know what it was. Has never done a film before and got cast. Um, and yeah and luckily for her and it has been said to be a bit of a help the film unusually was shot in chronological order that's not a standard thing that happens in film no you shoot what you shoot yeah but it helped her because she then got to see the story unfold because the director decided so that everything was natural and raw not to give the actors the script until the day of the filming (laughs) Yeah, and some people he gave disagreeing things, so it wasn't always corresponding scripts and direction. Uh, Because life is chaotic, and I can imagine 
I really, I really actually quite. I don't like the idea of only giving the script of the day. That part actually scares me senseless. Imagine but, if I did that to you when we honestly, do our <laughs> I mean, some 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 of our rehearsals, it, it feels like that anyway. But um, that's more on us than on on anything else. But um, no, the the idea of giving it like, giving the script last minute does scare me. But the actual thought process behind it does make sense to me. Yes, especially from as a uh, a family with kids. It is hectic and it's constant, like just changing things all the time, and it is mayhem. So I can see how it the the logic makes sense, and I think it's worked out quite well because there is a lot of scenes where this film likes to pan the camera a lot. So it starts at one side, kind of cycles round, and then returns, and you see so much in that in those shots. One particular, because this this does happen quite a lot. Um... And it's one of the scenes that I think will stick with me, even though absolutely nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing happens except we see Cleo come down the stairs, go into the room, do something, then go through to another room. And yeah. the camera's just there and it just watches. It takes everything in. Yeah. And it's actually a she's, very lovely shot. She's just literally going about because she's she's the, the, the one of the maids, isn't she? So she's yeah. it's just her going about clearing beds tidying up and it is just a static camera that starts on the left hand side of the house and it just follows her and pans across and it, it, yeah it is quite a memorable shot because other films would have followed her it would have been cut to this scene cut to that room cut to this room imagine michael bay making this film <laughs> oh there'd have been explosions at one <laughs> yeah. point the laundry basket well, would have gone bang he, he has a rule that no scene should last long no shot should last longer than three seconds I mean, the ADHD side of me gets that, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but the what practical side doesn't. Is I've read, I want to say I've read a lot of reviews, but I've read a lot of comments. And all the comments, it seems that this is a director's film. Directors love this film. I could see that. Uh, directors admire Alfonso Cuaron for making this film. Because it is foreign language. It is black and white, which isn't usual now, to be honest. Yeah. The fact is, it has won awards, which for a Netflix original, you know, uh, a lot of awards do uh, spur the idea. They they don't like the whole Netflix thing. But they have to appreciate this as a very well-made film. I have just... I've got um, Wikipedia and IMDb open up. Yeah. on the page um i was on the trivia page i've just gone to this like the user reviews page just to see the general i, have, I haven't thing. those now the first one is eight out of ten stars and it is th- the whole review is three words it simply says i get it but okay. actually it's a, it's the one below it that made me chuckle it's a four out of ten stars so it doesn't it's obviously not a great review about the film but the opening words are this movie is great if you like nay if you love camera panning <laughs> Wow. And the title of the review is really great camera panning. And I get it, that. But um, I I think it is actually very well shot. It is it, a very well shot. They've chosen the angles for the scenes and how long. Yes, some of the scenes are a little bit prolonged. To be honest, right? Now, this is from the fact that it is subtitled. Yeah. I actually think, as someone who can't speak Spanish or anything like that, yeah. with how the film is shot, if they hadn't got the subtitles i don't think i would have had a different experience it almost could have been a silent film yeah it's pretty basic what because it's not a complicated dramatic story is it no i mean 
you might not have got the side storyline of the dad's run off with his mistress. You might no. have just got he disappeared on a long journey, maybe. But you do get well. Actually, you would need the subtitles for when. And I think this is one of the harshest moments in the film. Well, there's a harsh character in the film, and I don't mean the guy that you just talked about. It's when Cleo and her boyfriend are in the cinema, yeah. and he basically tells her, no, she tells him that she's late and she's pregnant. Yeah. Uh, he essentially just walks out the cinema, and that's it. The thing is, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's not almost it. the, it's almost <laughs> the joke of you, you know, my dad left to get milk. Yeah. He literally goes, "Do you want a drink?" Yeah. And she goes, no, he's all right then. And then the film ends and she just stands and waits for him. Yeah. Actually, the, that character, which is something like Fernando, or F- uh, it's an F, isn't it? Or something. But and the point is, the character is massively dislikable. And, very, um, very. And there is a particular yeah. scene. Actually, I would say it's one of the three most harrowing scenes in it. When Cleo, who's now quite heavily pregnant, very, very. Bad. With Sophia, who's the, the, the woman she's employed by, whose children she looks after. Yeah. Oh, actually, it might not be her. It might be, like, the grandmothery person. Is it in the shop? Yes, it is. It's it's right. in, it's in a, yeah, they're in the department store whilst these um, riots happen. Yeah. And this group of people come in to basically kill someone in front of them. Now, because of the panning of the camera, you have this quite, quite a still shot for the film. Uh, you have a gun pointed at Cleo. And yeah. it's only after a moment that you realise it's the father of her unborn child who's got have, the gun. Whose name I have just tracked down. It's not Fernando. There is a Fernando. That's the name of the actor who plays her actual, the, the dad of the family. Yeah. The character's name of her, like the father of her child, is Fermin. Yes. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, for me, there's a really brutal scene. And it's yes. with, she goes to track him down. Yes, which is also a bizarre scene. It's very weird. Yeah. But she's realised that actually this pregnancy isn't just going to disappear. It's a thing she's going to have to deal with. And she basically travels to where this this, this guy lives, uh, via a, fr- a friend of the family, um, tracks him down to his like martial arts training, which is what she's aware it is at that point of the film. Yeah. Um, watches his... Um, we then see like a 10-minute martial arts training with like a very over-the-top... Who in the Who, cast list is listed as Latin lover? Well, he's a like he's a Mexican celebrity. Yeah, he, he's like. Uh, well, I don't know. I thought he's going to turn out to be like a wrestler or something. I, I don't <laughs> I know. Mean, what, literally, who he is. on the cast list, his name is Latin lover, and then in brackets, Victor Manuel Resendez Ruiz, yeah. um, who plays Pro- Professor Zuvik. But um, yeah, she she basically goes to find Furman and basically say, "Look, you left me. I am pregnant. This isn't going to go away." I think it's that are you going to step up moment, but it never gets there. No. She literally turns up. This this practice ends. She kind of calls him over. His friends mock him. He's like, no, guys, leave me alone. And at that point, I thought, I think he might take this seriously. And then she's like, um, yeah, I'm pregnant. And he basically goes, so? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm pregnant. You're going to do something about it. And he, he basically goes, uh, no, don't ever come to me again. Um, and then runs away and shouts servant at her. Yeah, but also goes to like he does a bit of martial arts in front of her as if he's going yeah. to attack her, but he's not going yeah. to attack he basically her. Basically, does a war cry in her face. Yeah, and I I know it's very dramatic, but at the same time, I did chuckle because it was like you you've got little man angry syndrome. Yeah, it's kind of very. He's just so angry. For me, that wasn't <laughs> even funny. But it was the fact he did that and then sprinted after a moving truck. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, okay, 
we've seen angles of you I don't ever want to see of another man. Well, um, <laughs> did you see that she actually refused to be in the room when he was doing his naked martial arts? No, but that does not surprise me. No. Because that is one heck of a closed set. Yes. <laughs> I uh, like to think nobody asked him to do that. <laughs> no, no. It was scripted, but she chose not to be there. So... When he's doing that, she's not in the room, but they've got like a double uh, yeah. hand. To, to uh, give give actual like context to this, there is. <laughs> I don't a think scene... he needs it. No, let people watch it. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there's, there's. I, I imagine it is meant to be the conception, isn't it? Yeah, it's the conception. But, but I think it's before, isn't it? You see him kind of in a bathroom. You're like, okay, cool. He's going to clean up. That's that's hygienic. But no, he just pulls the curtain rail down, butt naked, and does some jumping around martial arts practice. And there is. There is floppage, there's helicoptering, there's a bit of everything in here. You yeah. know? Yeah. Oh. And then a conversation. <laughs> then a conversation. Now, we've seen Game of Thrones. So we're not, we're, we are no strangers to to a penis on screen. Uh-huh. But this is normally it's not like now watch me acrobat in front of you. <laughs> it, it's not often you you watch this film before me, and it's not often you warn me about anything. I to, to, to quote the text that I sent to Tobias, I was like, "Look, I'm this many minutes into the film, and as we're friends, I thought it was only fair that I give you an official penis warning." Yeah. And then I, I ended it with, "You are not prepared for this penis scene." But I tell you what, that made me overthink, and for a while, especially there was a scene where Cleo and the other maid do exercises, and I'm like, "Oh, it, are we going to see a?" She got a penis. How yeah. unexpected is this penis? It's not what I considered, but I realised giving you the... Te- it's like telling someone there's a twist in this film. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh is that the twist? I mean, I have to say, <laughs> this is not an M. Night Shyamalan film. <laughs> no, and, and if you go into this film looking for a twist, martial arts penis is not the twist. <laughs> there is, there but is it's a scene real... I won't forget, genuinely. Uh, I'll, not I'll try. I mean, I'll I, try. Yeah, not choice. It's not one of the long pan shots that I appreciated in the film. <laughs> no, no. But luckily, um, it also wasn't a zoom shot. No, that's... And it could have been. You know what? I've, I have seen uh, quite a few Spanish, Italian and French films. Right. And this feels like those sort of films. Yeah, it is very stylized. It's got that vibe. But a lot of those films perhaps would have done a zoom. If there's a bit of sexiness, they like to really actually... Yeah. Get in yeah, there. <laughs> I think it's, it's important to kind of point out as well. Obviously, if you haven't watched it, you're just listening for the review side of this. Um, it's not the 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 whole the fact that he's naked is part of the scene because obviously they're about to get down and dirty with it. But <laughs> the fact he's got his penis out, it's not a focal point. It's not like focused on it. It's just there. Do you know what I mean? It's you're right. It's not a, like a zoom shot. It's not a focus. I will say right now, this is an unfortunate negative that I shouldn't be giving. You may wish to edit this out, but it, it is annoying when we've just had a prolonged scene of yeah. him doing martial arts with his willy out, and the next scene is a shower scene of him, uh, I mean of her, and that there's no nudity in that one. <laughs> it's literally there, there is all no shoulder sex, above. There is no uh, sex scene in Oh, this. no, it's not actually it's like, a sex scene. watch me martial arts with my penis out, but you don't get the sex scene to at least feel like you've gained something at the end of this. It's not... Is that... Actually, I don't think there's anything gratuitous actually. In no, there's film. no. It's not gratuitous. There's no glorifying it. It's just no. Um. Now, see, this is one of the harrowing scenes that I would mention. Yeah. Because again, this is it's not a pan scene, but I think it's worth mentioning. 
uh, after the department store scene where we said with the gun and someone gets killed, she, well, it appears that she's going into labor. Yeah. Uh, she, she is, but it, it doesn't go well. Uh, and it's a very, it's a, it's a very uncomfortable scene. To watch. Oh, it is. It is. Very... Uh, it's a very, again, the camera stays on her. Uh, but what's interesting to know is none of the doctors or nurses are actors. They're all doctors and nurses That's in true. real life to bring a sense of realism to it. They all know what they're doing. You know what? I'm, I'm going to let you explain all this and then I'm going to have, I've got a follow up comment. I, well, I don't have a lot more to say. It's just because she, she does lose the baby. She, uh, she she has a stillborn baby. She basically. has a stillborn she, baby, yeah. Um, it's very... It's basically her in a, I'd say, that's a hospital bed. Yeah. And it's kind of focused. The camera's near her. But you're seeing everything go on around. Yeah, yeah it's... Well, it, she's just another basically scared, out of breath, going well, she's to... she's basically a been in the middle of a big robbery as well. Yes, it's a lot to take in. But then we'll go on to what you're going to say. Well, it was just... It surprised me to find out that they're actors. Because the one thing that I could think of during that scene, apart from the actual stuff that was happening, was the doctor who basically tells her, your baby has been born dead. I was like, that is a terrible delivery of that line. But it makes sense if they're not actors. No. But also, that means that that that's how he delivers it. In real life. (laughs) So the thing that I think you have to bear with and remember is, when the film has subtitles, what we're reading might not be the exact dialogue. No, that's, that's true. Because obviously sometimes, yeah. So I'm wondering if what the actual wording was of that line, because it's something that I generally, I don't like subtitles. They put me off, and I did generally. There were scenes in this where I outright do not know, not not know what happened, but I do not know the exact words that were said because I I'd like glance down at something in front of me for a couple of seconds, and then I'd be like, oh no, I need to watch. Um, But I I looked at this one and I was like, okay, that was a terribly delivered line, and that is really bad grammar for that line. Um, we're skipping about here. One of again, it's a it's one of those pan shots, but I think it's going to be one of the the scenes that sort of I remember. It's a very close to the end, like it's basically the end. Yeah, they're all on the beach, um, yeah. and I think the mother Sophia is going to go. I think. Well, anyway, basically the children are told not to swim out because Cleo can't swim. Yeah. So naturally, what do children do? They go swim far out. They did. Uh, and Cleo, being the dedicated maid that she is, yeah. wades out in the sea to go and find the child who has now gone missing. And I have to say, because it isn't right, that scene isn't rushed, and you just basically, from the side, follow her going, wading yeah. into the water, and it's getting deeper. And deeper, and we we can't see what she's seeing, so there's no sign of children. Right. Um, and actually, that's quite a. It was I very think, intense. Yes, it's the closest where I really got into. Uh, are you going to die? Is this how the film ends? Are you going to die saving the children of? Yeah, it was, it was odd, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I have found because I think uh, another director asked, "How did they film it?" And apparently, they the. The stage, well, what do you call stage crew? The tech crew built a pier. <laughs> they well, built a pier. No, no, not for her, for the camera. Oh, they of built course. a pier yeah, to record it. But there was like a tropical thunderstorm, <laughs> and it basically destroyed the pier. But they still got the shot, so it's all right. <laughs> I mean, the water was rough. It was, and, and I believe the actress also couldn't swim. I don't know about that. I believe that is one of the facts I saw. 
was that the actress who played Cleo also couldn't swim, which kind of gave it more authenticity. Um, that I mean, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, it, that I I think for me the the two shots that will stick with me. One for absolutely nothing. It's, I think it's just a lovely shot earlier that we've already mentioned of when the camera pans in. It's just her going in and out of the rooms, and it just follows her around. But the, also this one, the wading into the water is also it. It felt dangerous. Yeah, it's yeah, it's intense. It's very much like are you going to end this film by killing off a maid and potentially a child. Yeah, and I thought the point it, is there is a moment where she finds the lad, but then there's also the young girl out there, and that so she gets the lad in her arms, yeah. basically under the arm, like gripped. Yeah, but then the little girl's nowhere to be seen, and I was like. Oh, this yeah. is a terrible ending, as in yeah. like dramatic ending. Yes, it's kind of like, really, not a lot has happened during the film. And are you going to end this film with actually something quite dramatic, which yeah. may have even been the start of a different film? <laughs> you know, is that kind of... Yeah. Um, a major plot point of the film is the fact that basically the family's falling apart because the dad runs away with the mistress yeah. and then sep- the parents basically separate. And the whole point of this trip that they're having to the beach is to get them away so the dad can move his stuff out. Yes. And there's a very, I say nice scene, it's a very real scene of the, the, the kids are told while they're away what's happening, basically. And they're like, right, we're here so that your dad can come in and take his stuff, like his, the bookshelves. And then there's the scene when they get back and all the bookshelves have gone. Yeah. And it's such a simple scene. But it's like, actually, it's very, it just felt very real. I know the whole film felt real, but... Because they you just got these stacks of books on the floor, and the kids just walk in and crumble. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, this is real. And I, yeah, it's just one of those scenes I thought, you know, that was really well shot. Also, like when there's just a load of dog poo in the driveway, and the mum's like, "I told you to clean this up," because yeah. it just it just felt real and genuine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a very you have to say gritty. Yeah. Although gritty suggests that there's more that goes on than right. actually there does. It, it's gritty in uh, the fact that this is real. Uh, another scene shot at the moment was interesting. Is very early on, you see Cleo on the roof, kind of like doing some laundry. There are a couple of the kids come up and play. They lie yeah. down and chat. But then actually, it was the fact that it was the end shot where it pans up to show you all the neighbouring roofs doing exactly the same. So you've got all of the the, the house staff of all yeah. the area doing the same. And I was like, oh, that was a really good shot. I really yeah. like that. I mean, I, I'm not in the way generally where I, I see all the shots going, oh, that's a, that's a, no way, that's a nice shot. But yeah. th- that one <laughs> I did kind of go, actually, that was really well done. And the fact that it, it went from her, again, another example of there's more out there. Yeah. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron did the cinematography himself because yeah. he wasn't meant to. He'd signposted his favourite one to do it. But for whatever reason, that didn't happen. And then he didn't want to have to deal with an English-speaking cinematographist that's not a word the thing <laughs> yes i i ended that completely wrong um so he ended up doing it himself because yeah. then you know and i think that makes perfect sense yeah. i do think it makes perfect sense um and yeah i think if anything i have taken away from this film that alfonso curon is a good filmmaker yeah you know uh potentially one of the best at the moment but that might be because actually the films that i choose to watch tend to be quite blockbustery you know this is this is an under underrated film it doesn't do anything it doesn't need to do no Um, i mean it does 
I mean, it's also probably underrated in the fact that I uh, know it's quite a well received. Uh, no, it's actually. I mean, it won quite a lot of awards. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the exact wording of it, but I know that it's also one of the first ever films to win an Oscar for the director and the cinematographer being the same person. Yes, uh, it's uh, it's got a lot of first and the first time since this. I mean, it's been a while since there's been a black and white one. Uh, obviously, the fact that it is Netflix original is a big deal yeah. uh, because it's when you've got a lot of film festivals and things that will not accept Netflix originals. Yeah. But then you have films like this. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, how? I mean, I get it. But at the same time, how can you ignore films like this when you when you celebrate film? Yeah. Um, I do know that Alfonso Cuaron uh, boycotted Cannes and set up his own little festival somewhere else. I think in Italy. That's very Dolomite. <laughs> very dull of I. Um, an interesting film for you to reference because I don't think we really liked that one, did we? <laughs> no, but that is literally what they do, don't yeah. they? No one will show their film, so they buy out their own place to show it. Um, now this is, you know, it's 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 an interesting one because I have been talking mostly as someone who appreciates the film of it. Yeah, but there is the other side where. I wouldn't have wanted to see this at the cinema. No. I, I no. wouldn't have. It's not a film I would choose to watch myself. Yeah. If it wasn't on our list, I probably never would. No, I fully agree. I do. I fully agree with that statement. Now, I could honestly say I don't personally have anything more to really add to a review of this. Do you have anything else you wish to point out? No, not really. Because, I mean, my only closing statement on it would be something we've said about other films that are over two hours long yeah this could easily have been shorter yes because just the opening 10 minutes could have been a five minute opening scene instead of a 10 minute opening scene because they they do just do a lot of prolonged shots of the same thing like literally that that a three minute shot of the outside of a door is artistic but is it necessary you know what if you had a three minute shot of a door and it was a 19 minute film i'd go yeah i understand (laughs) But when it's over yeah. two hours and you're like, well, you, did you need three minutes? And actually, there was a, that is probably the only big negative pattern throughout the whole film to, of the cinematography and the choices, creative-wise, is that some of the shots were extra long to the point that the length didn't add stuff. Yeah. So I think that is, that if I was going to give it a, an actual critical point, that would be my main one, would be that. It wouldn't be the black and white, because actually I think it's quite a nice effect. It wouldn't be the subtitles, because that's just me personally not liking subtitles. Yeah, I agree. I'm, um, put, off, I'm put off by uh, subtitles. I am and as well. I, I've been more so during this podcast, because often if it's a subtitled film, it's a film I haven't chosen to see. Yeah. yeah. And it's different if I go into a film knowing it's subtitled, but I want to see it. Yeah. You know, you kind of go, well, I'm set up for this now. Yeah. Um, but no, that would be my main criticism, I think, and that's not really a big criticism. It's just the fact that some things are a bit too long, and I think you, I mean, how long is it lengthwise? You say? I th- I think it was like I want to say two hours seventeen, was it? Or I mean, it may, have been, it may gen- have not been that hard. I think you could have easily hit a two-hour mark. I think uh, we could have kept that to a two-hour just by lowering the length of certain bits. I am inclined to agree. I am just uh, double-checking that because I don't like to give false facts. I mean, I I, I, I mean. Whatever the result of the, the the length of it is, I reckon you could easily shave off fifteen to twenty minutes. Two hours fourteen. 
Yeah. So that that fourteen could have gone. Yeah. I think you could have rounded it off to a two hour film. Made it yeah. just under like you know when something doesn't want to be two pounds, so today it's one ninety nine. This could have been <laughs> one hour fifty nine, just so it's below two hours. Yes. You know. So here at the Manic Film Club, when it comes to rating a film, we don't do it on a ranging scale of like one to one hundred, one to ten, like this many stars out of this. For example, Rotten Tomatoes gave this a ninety six percent. Which I can see it's very artsy, it's very it was very well received. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get it. Um we simply say, is this film a hit or is it a miss? A hit being did we enjoy the film? Would we consider watching it again? Would we tell other people about it? It's general, all round enjoyability and rewatchability. And then a miss is the bang opposite. Did we just not enjoy it? Pretty pretty simple. Yeah. Tobias. Yeah. How did you find Roma? Right, all the things you've just pointed out, yeah. the answer is no, I don't want to see it again. <laughs> uh, I, it's hard to say that I didn't enjoy it. The the just casual film goer didn't particularly enjoy it. Uh, but I did take a lot of positives, and it did sort of inspire me. Is this so, what's made you start writing again? Huh? Is this what's made you start writing again in a big I way? I haven't started writing again. But... Uh, <laughs> I but you know it kind of made me go I want to do a film I want to make a film yeah um I have to I think give it a hit oh I have to just because I respect it as a film okay um and I I wouldn't necessarily choose to watch it again no. but I think I would possibly recommend it to the right person yeah that's fair. That's I know quite a lot of, I'm going to say, artsy, artsy people. people. Yeah, yeah, and I think I probably would go, well, actually, maybe you should watch this. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So it's a, is it an outright hit for you, or is it like a soft it's, hit? Well, it's not a high hit for me, because there was the, it's a hit. It's just a basic hit. Okay, all right then. Right, well, for me, as I said, I don't get on with subtitles, and when I see a film that posts itself on being black and white and subtitles, that does make me shudder. And there is a reason I hadn't watched this film before. Yeah. I mean, I I'd heard of Roma. It's what we it's it's well known. Yeah. Um, that being said, once I allowed myself to accept the film, like I sat down and once I got past those, which is joked about the the really long opening yeah. scenes, and I really was like, okay, so this is about this is about a living maid, and it's it's going to follow her, and it's going to be a day to day life event kind of film. Once I allowed myself to understand that and accept that, I genuinely enjoyed this film. Good. I did genuinely enjoy this film. Yes, it was too long. Outright too long. And there were times where I was like, to the point of, I started watching it when Amanda went out with the kids for a bit. And they came back before this film ended. Um, <laughs> because of how long it was. I mean, it had about 25 minutes left. But basically, yeah. the, 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 the hospital scenes had all just happened and she was now back at home. Yeah. And I was like, okay, the emotional climax of this film I've now got to deal with with family here. Um, so, but I know I did actually enjoy it. So I think I would also give it a hit, but I am going to lower it to a soft hit. Okay. Yeah. Just because I will never watch this film again. Um, I don't think I will. Really. I don't, I can't see myself telling people about it. Not really. No, but um, that said, we do have a mutual friend who has put it on his watch list. So we might end up talking about it. That is true. That is true. But for me personally, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I won't talk, tell other people about it, really. So I'm going to give it a soft hit because I did enjoy it. Cool. And that, from the Netflix 
list of 18 films is the 18th film. That's the last That one. technically in all should have been the best film we we watched. In theory, yeah. I it wasn't. It, it was, I still think one of my favorites was literally the first one we watched. Which is I, like yeah. Because we're both into sci-fi and that's the kind of thing that we would choose to watch. Yeah. Uh in fact, I mean for you people who have have not paid up to be a patron of the Manic Podcast, you might not know, but we now do watch alongs. Uh, and you even suggested I Am Mother for a watch-along. I did. I did. We've watched it for this podcast, and you're yeah. now suggesting that we watch it again for the podcast yeah. again. Because it would be interesting to actually discuss it while we're watching it together. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah. Um, especially knowing things about it. We could actually give a proper commentary about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, what was your least favourite of, of the run? I think, I mean, I, I think I've probably blocked some out of my mind. <laughs> Uh, I know what yours is going to be. Your least favourite is High Flying Bird. Oh my gosh, yes, because I outright struggled with it. To the point uh, of, it was the only one I, I considered turning off and lying about. <laughs> I definitely disliked another film more than that, but to oh. the point of, I now can't tell you what it is. I just remember uh-huh. having a really bad time with one of the films. And unless you now list all 18, which we're not going to do, I can't remember no, which one it is. No, I'm trying to think which films you reacted badly to. Was it a f- useless and futile gesture? No, it wasn't that one. Is it one. not? Because no, I thought you was... struggled with that one. No, I didn't get on well with Dolomite. Dol- I'm saying it was Dolomite. No, I wasn't a massive fan of that one. But <laughs> no, I think it was another one that I've just found. I t- I remember in whatever review it was, basically yeah. going, I'm so pleased I never have to watch that again. Yeah. So, the Manic Film Club was born into a lockdown and has to finish its initial list run. In a lockdown, but fear not, you lovely listeners. It is not the end. There is more ahead. Yeah, what are we going to watch new, next? Uh, no, no, wait. This is where <laughs> now a load of people go, like, oh, we thought this was like a limited. That's the only way we've stuck with it. We thought you said. No, we what? got you. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got you. Well, you know what? We are currently in November. Yeah. But by the time we get to the next film club, it's going to be December. We'll be jingling them bells. So we got you. We've added a little Christmassy film. Yeah. Um, So it's one that neither of us have watched, and that's a key point. We haven't seen them. Uh, So next time, for the end of season one of the Manic Film Club, yeah, Christmas with the Coopers. Sam and Charlotte Cooper are determined to give their family the perfect Christmas, but secrets, both big and small, threaten to dampen the good cheer. Starring Ed Helms and Steve Martin. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, let's be honest, it was meant to be a different film, but it, it was. Out, I'd seen um, it. I'd already seen I, it. I was a little disappointed, because well, I haven't seen that film, and I was quite looking forward to doing it for this, but <laughs> if I, you've seen it, kind of, it's fair play, yeah. so I will now watch it on my own time. Yeah. But I'm going to make whatever the film you just named is, uh, the, first, the first Christmas film I watched this year, so... Well, that's cool because it's going to be pretty early December. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we anyone who knows me, and I don't know how much I've said it on the podcast. I'm not a, I'm not a Christmassy person. <laughs> I actually can be a Christmassy person, but not in November. Got a fan. We've got a few friends who are getting way too Christmassy at this time of year. Last time I went and did a shop, they were playing Christmas songs. I've bought a Christmas present for someone. 
Oh, I've done a load of Christmas presents. Oh, no. I tend to resist until the 1st of December. And then I'm like, OK, Christmas can begin now. Oh, uh, no. When you've got kids, you do it from the... Basically, Christmas finishes. You start buying for the next Christmas. Cheap, easy. Uh, I'm not done. Um, <laughs> when you've got kids, you just kind of buy it when it's available. Um, so basically, except for the odd family member, we've, I'm pretty much done. But um, the fact that they were playing Christmas songs in the shop makes me feel sick. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But it I is... it does. But I'll be pushing my trolley around and I'll hear like dum 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 and I'm like, no, you're not even a proper Christmas song. Yeah, the problem is, it's going to be constant now yeah. until Christmas. So yeah. it's like, don't start too early. Come on. And then Christmas will finish, right? And yeah, yeah we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll have New Year's for a week or so. But do you know what will happen just after New Year's? What? Something that I loathe for the very core of me. The people, who, the people on the socials who will go, 360 something days oh. until and I'm like yeah. <laughs> die <laughs> I really hate that with a passion yeah but, but did anyway you get, did you not get scared though when people put up only five weeks to Christmas I went what <laughs> yes I'm like oh no that means it's, it's near but then I'm like oh it's near the other way <laughs> I do like okay, food I, I'm not anti time. like you it's just that I think it's hey, too early presents. I like food and I kind of like my family. So <laughs> things are all about Christmas, you know? Yeah. This is going to yeah. be a good Christmas. Yeah. So we're going to watch a Christmas film, which I generally, I am looking forward to watching a Christmas film. And I didn't read anything about the film that you told me about earlier. I literally just Googled it, looked at the poster, and went, yeah, I'll watch that. That's good. Yeah. Uh, 2015. I hadn't heard of it. No. But it's got yeah. Steve Martin in it. Big names. Yeah. Does he? John Goodman, or have I made that up? His name wasn't in one of the three that I saw on the poster, but that doesn't mean anything. Okay, so that's the thing that we're doing. Yes, it is. That's, bonus. that's a bonus episode, because we were going to stop with Roma. Yeah. <laughs> but we just enjoyed Roma so much. <laughs> we had planned the Christmas one before we ever got to Roma. That's true. So, when this episode goes live, if you're listening to this on launch day, if you now head over to our Twitter account, you will be able to take part in a poll which Tobias definitely always posts on time. Just like I guarantee I always post the episodes on time. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of being on time going on. Yeah. All the on times. But anyway, generally, if it's on time, there should be a poll where you can say if you thought this film, Roma, was a hit or a miss. Yeah. And where can they find that, Tobias? On Twitter. Oh, I thought you'd be all flashy. No. Well, Liam, you can go to Twitter at the Manic. Two ends. <laughs> That's what you do. You normally don't, really don't like it if I do those kind of things. You're kind of shy. <laughs> I was treating you like a baby bird. I was like, put my hands out, throwing you in the air, expecting you to flap your wings and fly away. And instead, I'm I fat. I'm gonna fall. <laughs> I basically just propelled you into the floor. So head over to Twitter if you want to keep up to date with all the latest Manic news and take part in the polls. The address is at the manic. Two ends. Very yeah. important. But Tobias. Yeah. That's not the best way to keep up to date with all the latest manic news. Oh no, the best way is to become a signed up patronized person. Or marry one of us. But if you'd rather do it through money than servitude, you can go to our Patreon account. The link will be below in the description in a Yeah, link. well. With all of our socials. Because we also have other socials. We have Instagram, definitely always updated. And Tumblr. Yeah. Definitely always updated. Something went out today. Thank you very much. Yeah, I did a thing. 
Titty thing they did. I did a thing. Oh, what is it? Uh, it's um, it's Star Trek related. It was always going to be Star Trek it's related. Star Trek. You've been teasing for about two months. No, it's a different Star Trek thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's the kind of stuff you get to look forward to, listeners. Tobias teases you something and then throws you a curveball, but it's yeah. always it's fine. Yeah, it's a good. So the link to all of our socials on our Patreon will be down below. But other than that, as this is already fairly messy as it is, Tobias, it's time to say a oh, goodbye. A oh, goodbye. Bye. Stay safe, everybody, and most importantly, as always, stay manic.